Good evening, gentlemen. Hey there. What's up, Jay? How's it going? Well, I, I should ask you, Greg, how's it going with you? It's going pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a good day? Guys, I don't think we're going to do this. What? Did you have a good day? I did we have a good day. We talked about this offline. What do you, what do you mean? Actually, you know... What happened, guys? I, I'm trying to give him crap about the World Cup. I know what you're doing. Uh, Greg, Greg's French. <laughs> he am. supports the French team, and I, I can't... I, you know, I can't hold that against him. But in fact, this episode will come out after they've played their semifinal match. So anything could happen tomorrow. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... So we should probably know, hold our tongues. Yeah. Oh, you can, I mean, look, we, there, was a, there was a very exciting match on uh, Saturday against England. Sure was. I wasn't sure if <laughs> sure I'd be was. able to watch it because I was actually out in Minneapolis for a gig. But lo and behold, I was able to watch most of it. Um, oh, good. You were able to catch it? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, everybody else in the bar. It was at a VFW. This was a sponsored <laughs> event with the Resilient. We were playing at a VFW, and uh, they wanted us there to perform after the Army Navy game. <laughs> so everybody there was watching Army Navy, and I'm <laughs> like <laughs> standing by the one screen that's showing World Cup, just losing my mind. Right, right. and. Uh, <laughs> You know, so at Army one point, won, by the way. yeah. Army, I, Army, at one point, yeah. the organizer came up. He's like, "I brought you all the way out here for Army Navy, and uh, you're watching soccer." I was like, "With all due respect, I know <laughs> Army Navy country. is like a 123 year old tradition, but France and war, France and England were at war for a hundred years. Okay, this <laughs> is, it's much deeper." <laughs> so anyway, it was a good time. Well, congratulations! Oh, sir. Wow. hey, th and congratulations best of luck to you tomorrow. Congratulations to Le Bleu. I didn't do very much. You know, I just kind of. Hey, you're from there. Yes, yeah. but it's it's always great to see. I always root for them. You know, it's a it's quite a football team. You know, you also supplied the uh, terrible Olivier Giroud memes oh, yeah, oh, yeah, right yeah, after yeah. the victory. Yes, well, it's <laughs> anyway. uh, yeah, it, it was it was it was fun to watch, and I know that uh, Eng England was formidable, and uh, I think I think they almost got a little lucky, but in the end, what did they say that the, the the truth was left on the pitch or something like that. <clears> so, <throat> anyway. Anyway. so there you have it. Anyway. <laughs> Jay, Jay doesn't Nick want to give him credit. No, no, funny. I don't. Nick Klein, what do you? What's up in your world, buddy? I, I uh, that Argentina game today was was tough to watch because we were rooting for. Oh yeah, for, 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 for Croatia. Croatia with Crush. Yeah. yeah, for Crush. Yeah. yeah. So, hey, but, but this actually, is, no, it was fantastic. This, and, is, this uh, is unusual. We're, we're talking <laughs> about sports suddenly. What the hell is going on? I know, I know. It's, it's, but you two had to work that out. So I guess are we yeah. good. I mean, I'm good. good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm okay. I right. processed it. We've moved on. It's good. Thank you. I don't think he's processed it, but it's okay. <laughs> well, guys, um, there is an issue. What's the problem? What's that? I don't have a lot to talk about oh. today. I, this is not a problem. What do you mean? It oh. is a problem. He should. He no. came. Un, he came unprepared. What's going okay, on? Okay, because last week we I said that. Remember, we were talking last week about the the AI Jazz project. Oh, yeah. Doesn't ring a bell. No? Oh, you don't, you don't remember, huh? Gosh, he really do. Just, just shuts off as soon as we stop at yeah. the airport, isn't it? No, we were talking about... Um, Punch the we, clock, man. What can I say? We were talking about that project, and uh, I had mentioned trying to figure out the story behind the vocalist and reached out to whomever I could find that was associated with the record and heard back Oh, from, that's yeah. right. That's now, right. Now, now it rings a bell. Okay. Right? Okay. So okay. we're going to have a guest. Can we oh, vote? he's going to talk with us tonight? I think that was the idea. Did you tell him? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. 
You yeah, mentioned I, like the time that we go on and everything. No, I did email him. I emailed him and he okay. emailed back and he said he was going right. to be able to do it. And right. uh, that's but no, Jay, I didn't read any of the other emails you sent. Uh, okay. But you did read an email, which I appreciate. This one, I did. <laughs> All right. Well, if that, with that in mind, this is great. Now we have something to talk about. Let's um, let's go ahead and get the show started. All right. And uh, we'll try to get we'll this guest on, on, I guess. Yeah, we'll give him a call. All right. Perfect. Cool. All right. You should check it out. Yes, that's right. You are tuned into You Should Check It Out. This is episode 175. That's a nice coming at you. That's, on a, that's a lot. It, well, is it? I mean, quarters. Sorry, okay. go ahead. Right. <laughs> coming at you on a beautiful Thursday. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And as Nick mentioned, we have an awesome show for you today. Yeah, we do. Nick, I, I, now, I know that all of our listeners tune in every single week, and they know the history. Like, we have very avid listeners who, who pay attention to the to the lore of the show. But yep. maybe just give a quick recap before we give this guy a call. Okay. So Apple Music suggested an album, I guess, two weeks ago. And it was a new music that fell into the jazz category. So I was like, sure, what's this? And I was listening to it. And immediately struck by, um, I think what 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 we identified last week is a bit of the uncanny valley, um, yes. with the vocalist. Something right. was. And just you a little shared bit, this. Ju- you shared this just as like a your weekly. This is my song pick of the track. week. Help yeah. me make sense of this, guys. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. And I went out on a limb and said, "Ah, that's that's a real vocalist." They just kind of like pitched it a little bit. It's a little bit. Yeah. Right. It was really somebody trying to sound though. that. Somebody was, trying to sound like a. It great. was definitely interesting to hear jazz with sort of these like digital artifacts right mm-hmm. so normally kind of a faux pas i suppose i don't you know in the genre but uh, it was interesting it definitely yeah, caught my ear and, and, and then nick you were saying I, I can't, but i cannot find anything about this album online right i'm like scouring the internet and there's nothing specifically about the name of the album or the name of the group uh, mm-hmm. which i i also i'm not sure how to pronounce that at all what, what, what did you say, Jay? Was that even close? Randy Pasernes. 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 My guess. Pasernes. All right. Well, we got three variations. Right. So, um, so we talked about it. Followed up the next week and saying that I would try to get to the bottom of this because uh, we were all a little bit confused. Sent out a bunch of emails and um, uh, I sent out an email to Gabe Noel, who uh, is a cellist and uh, plays strings on a whole bunch of different albums and has done some projects with Sam Gendel, um, which is how Apple actually gave me that recommendation because of, because of the, I think his work with Notes, uh, Notes with Attachments, the okay. Pino, yeah, right. the Pino Palladino right. oh, yeah. uh, album. So Gabe came back and said that in fact is our jazz AI singer. Um, what? And I said, that's amazing. Hey, also I do a podcast. Would you want to talk about that? Cause we would love to, I can tell you right now, we're going to have so many questions and if that's something you'd want to do and and then didn't hear anything. And then that Friday, he said, "Yeah, that sounds cool." So, all right, you're kidding. So we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get Mr. Gabe Noel on the phone if if he'll. I think that's his number. I don't. Right. Well, I gave you I gave you right. twenty two digits there. So well, I would right say on. there's one way to find out. Okay. So if you're ready, let's right, do it. Let's give it a shot here. All right. Uh, let me just, was that the one that started with the nine? There's a couple nines at the okay. beginning. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No. Don't use oh. your whole fist, Jay. Just half of it. Sorry. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, just got rattling here. 
Hello? <laughs> what? Is this, uh, is this Gabe? Yeah, hey guys, how's it going? Hey, Mr. Gabe I thought, Noel. I thought, I thought we called Hello, the local, sir. I thought we, we accidentally called the local massage parlor or something. That was... This, yeah, this used to be a Korean spa, but... Uh, okay. Cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I've been, I've been here for a while now. Good, good, good. Thank you guys so much for calling in. Yeah, man. Yeah, Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. This is, uh, this is super cool. Um... So yeah, we, we got a ton of questions. You, I think, I think you might have had a chance to like, hear the intro. What, what? First of all, how do you say the name of this trio? <laughs> it's the uh, it's the Randy Pizzerntes trio. Randy Pizzerntes. He says Randy it. He Pizzerntes. says it so naturally. It just mm-hmm. rolls right. off the tongue for him. Yep. Yeah, Pizzerntes. Now I have a question for you because I ran yeah. this name through a like an anagram solver mm. on the internet. I figured uh. there had to be some kind of secret message behind it, but I okay. couldn't come up with anything. Yeah. It, well. It, you know, as they say, you know, the secret is that there is no secret. Randy Pizzerntes uh, is a, uh, <clears throat> for those, you know, that, that want to know, Randy Pizzerntes is, uh, he's a Boston-based vocalist um, who, you know, had been gigging around for a long time, mainly on the East Coast, and then just really through some divine, uh, you know, provenance, me and uh, Sam Gandell, just we got together and uh, we were mm-hmm. like, you know, we just met up with Randy and... Just things just flowed from there. Right. Just kismet. Just kismet. It's huh? just meant to be. Wow. Just, That's just amazing. Just vibed. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because you guys have done some, you guys have done other projects, right? So Sam, yeah, Sam is uh, one of my oldest friends here in Los Angeles. We oh, cool. um, both ended up at USC School of Music together. And I was a uh, music major for three semesters, my first three semesters, and Sam came in. Uh, I guess my last semester as a music major and alto sax. And we, I, I can't imagine a time, I can't remember a time when we weren't uh, friends. And then I would say it wasn't until sometime after school when we just started to spend more time together through other mutual friends, bands and projects. And and just slowly but surely we became like closer and closer until uh, we got together with Randy. Wow. Beautiful. So you call it, is, this is like the culmination of you guys' work <laughs> This is This is without yeah. a doubt the apex of both of our careers. Anything else <laughs> that Sam has ever done pales in comparison sure. in terms mm. of the scope, the gravitas, and the lasting power of what we've done with Randy. That honestly right. goes without saying. Yeah. Without yeah. saying That's... whatever either of us have done in the past is just a blip on the radar in comparison with mm. you know, the way that Randy's really changing the course of music forever. Yeah. And of course I'm I'm being facetious. Sam no, is an fun. incredible <laughs> is an incredible musician who um especially in the last 10 years seemingly has not only transcended but almost transmuted his instrument into some other vehicle that um is uniquely his own. Yeah. And um I know that we're on a podcast right now but I'm wearing one of Sam's uh branded hats in his honor. It says well Visalia, which is his hometown. Oh, well that's done, so cool. Visalia, well done. up in the Central Valley. And um, yeah, Sam's just—he's so dope. That's that's so cool. He does, man. He's got, and and honestly, I think I think it was somewhere in that first song. The other thing mm-hmm. was like it was that it was his sound because it just jumps out. It's it's so uh, 
just the way he leans into that. With the, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to speak out of turn, but like I, um, I have a, I have a term I use for Sam's. Once Sam started experimenting with what we might call like polyphony, mm-hmm. you know, where he's playing, you know, his, saxoph- his saxophone plays one note, but you're hearing maybe three, maybe four notes at the same time. Right. I was calling mm-hmm. it, uh, I, I would call his uh, sound Shrew Mellington mm-hmm. because it sounded like, you know, a classic uh, yeah. alto sax section, say like Johnny Hodges and <laughs> I can't even tell you who the, who the, iconic saxophone section was in Duke Ellington's band, right. but then it just kind of sounded just a little like, you know, like how long is this, how long has this sushi been sitting out? Like there's something right. about <laughs> it that have like this sort of yeah. Yeah. unique, like um, wide berth in terms of like the phrasing and, and certainly the pitch and to watch him run with that has become like, you know, something, like I said, like he's sort of transmuted the instrument entirely. Whereas I can say, you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I mean, we both, I don't know how, how bad his PTJD is, but, uh-huh. you know, I believe we both suffer from post-traumatic jazz disorder. Uh-huh. And he's a, he's <laughs> right. a jazz, he's a, like a total jazz shredder. Uh-huh. We both yeah. started out as sidemen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, he's a, a great friend and an incredible inspiration. Yeah. Very cool. Now, wait, Nick, did you, did you say, um, did you listen to the Randy Presentes record and then recognize the sax player as the guy I knew from it was Notes the guy, with Attachment? I knew it was, I, knew, I was like, this is from the Notes with Attachment album, this, mm. the, the sound. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. he really, he, it's not, it's not, it, it's like the nuance he's brought to it. It's right. like, he like but, brings that feel to that. Yeah. But I'm so. saying you didn't like even cross reference names. You just kind of heard it and said, ding, ding, ding. That's, well, that's I went over the notes with attachment and saw, you know, okay, okay. You did, eventually, you did cross reference, but, you, but I, I, I did double check it to make sure. But yeah, but that your first yeah. instinct, that's, that's cool, man. That, 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 that's the proof in the pudding right there that mm-hmm. he has a sound all his own, you know, cause if Nick's immediately saying, Hey, that's it. I'm a drummer. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that is a, in my opinion, the hallmark of any master of their craft, right? Is like is an identity. Mm-hmm. More so, I think we can get caught up on the technicalities of the minutia of how somebody does something or how the execution of something. I think that there's there's validity in that, but ultimately, like you know, connecting with the emotional content of whatever you're listening to is really like what it leaves a lasting impression. And yeah. definitely Sam has, um, as we continue to talk about Randy Pizzerntes and, and the record we made, mm-hmm. it's pretty wild um, the level with which he's operating. Because I'll just sprinkle it in now because you said you're a drummer. The drums are also played by Sam. Jesus, Pete. Oh, there yeah. you go. Wow. Yeah. Nice. On his MIDI saxophone. <laughs> Shut and they're they're Paul Motion samples. So like Future oh, Man, they? but like, but like <laughs> is he doing like some Future Man thing? He's like playing the. I like that you reference Future Man. I, yeah. I mean, show you you can't see, but I show you two respectacles for a toss of two respectacles respect, that you res- reference res- Future Man. This is so great for this Tuesday evening. Um, <laughs> so he has he has uh, a USB. It's a USB controller in the shape of a sax. And um, okay. I hope you know. I hope we don't have to edit that out later as some of his secret pr- proprietary information. <laughs> but I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I but, guess um, text him when you're done. The, Let's know what he says. Yeah. Just to jump into just to jump into the creation of that record, we can kind of bounce around. But the whole record is actually made using just one microphone, um, a uh, uh, an AKG uh, C24. 
which is the stereo version of the C12. And uh, it belongs to our friend Pete, who runs, Pete Min, who runs the studio called, uh, a studio called Lucy's Meat Market that also puts out records now under Colorfield Records, which is his label. Okay. So he asked me, he approached me and asked me to do something, anything really for his record, for his record label. And um, ultimately, Hmm. you know, Randy was, was the idea I came up with. And the entirety of the record was done using just one microphone and we just moved around the room. And this is an incredible, it's an absolutely incredible microphone. And um, Sam's, the drums that we recorded. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's so, he's so, uh, Pete is amazing. No, you sound good too. Oh, yeah. cheers. Thank yeah. you. Well, yeah. we we just traded off sort of instruments, almost like, you know, if you look at like a classic, say, Frank Sinatra record, mm-hmm. we're kind of bouncing around here, but like, you know, this idea of the uncanny valley, right, mm-hmm. was like, okay, how can we, what's the farthest we could sort of run run the voodoo down and make it sound really like, well, what is going on? And I said, well, to Pete, well, what if we just had just one microphone and uh, all the overdubs everything was just done on top of one another moving around the room and you sort of got this buildup of frequencies and mm. uh, I think that's one of the things that sort of led to this interesting feeling that the record has and Sam's drums was also um, he would play his his controller triggering these palm motion samples that mm-hmm. he had he had crafted which I'm a big palm motion fan yeah, yeah. me too I mean, he's just like one of our, you know, one of the greats. And they were then broadcasted through a speaker. So it was almost like there were drums in the room. Oh, but okay. Were they, okay. you know, are they drums? I, you know. Sure. So you That's weren't, you right. weren't like monitoring on headphones. You were listening through the, through a speaker. Well, no, then... we did. We'd have headphones on monitoring, but the, but the drums would be coming through a speaker in the room. Okay. You know, and same with okay. Randy's. We, we broadcasted Randy's vocals through a speaker in the room. <laughs> Wow! So you recreated like an old jazz session, exactly, but with an AI voice and MIDI drums. MIDI drums. I'm trying to think like what what was what else was functified. Well, so one of the ideas. I mean, I'm just a huge music fan, obviously, and a huge Mm -hmm. jazz fan. Uh, One of the tracks, "Autumn Serenade," which is from the iconic um, Johnny Hartman, John Coltrane Mm -hmm. duet album. Yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorites, not only musically, but also historically, because it was recorded concurrently with A Love Supreme. Mm. To my understanding, this is, again, like just the hallmark of, of mastery, is that I think during the recording of A Love Supreme, which, you know, for those that don't know, you know, is one of sort of the uh, most legendary jazz recordings of all time from John Coltrane. Yeah. yeah. During that time, that same band that was playing this music that, quite frankly, had never really been created before, could pivot so effortlessly and back up Johnny Hartman, who was a torch singer, was a crooner, you know, most famous for that time period. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's so cool if you listen to it with that um, historicity, so to speak, like in your mind of like, wow, these dudes are so heavy and can effortlessly shift to this beautiful accompaniment. I mean, just so without any without missing a beat. Right. And Autumn Serenade is the only track on that record that really kind of picks up a little bit. It cooks a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, uh, featuring Topanga, correct? No, no. Oh, no. Topanga, his daughter, Topanga Preservantes, she's on um, she's on the Paul McCartney cover. 
But Autumn Serenade is, is the one that's like a little more upbeat with um, this incredible sax solo from uh, Sam yeah. at the end. I apologize. No, that's okay. Hey, <laughs> no, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. It's, it's, we're all just, you know, we're all just preserved. We're all just figuring out where we mm-hmm. fit in the yeah. world of preserved yeah. us. It's all <laughs> good. Whole new world. Um, and anyway, so the the track Autumn Serenade, the only other thing that was, so Sam is playing the, the you know, synthesized drums, and then we have Randy mm-hmm. singing. Everything else was recorded pretty traditionally, with the exception of, this is a little like kind of Easter egg, but we were, I was monkeying around with uh, audio to MIDI conversion <laughs> and playing around with also some noise suppression software yeah. and rebalancing mm-hmm. software, and I took the Autumn Serenade, at the end of the original Autumn Serenade, there's this incredible solo by John Coltrane that's just like so, it's just, it's very transcendent, so beautiful. And I used uh, software to extract his solo and then turn that solo into MIDI information mm-hmm. and then played the MIDI, put the MIDI information into a keyboard that was playing like this sort of extrapolated it's very stilted, like it's basically John John Coltrane solo, like but on a different. I think it's on like a, some sort of like plucked strings. You'll hear it uh-huh. like underneath Sam's solo, and Sam is kind of like playing like against it. Oh, so there's brilliant. really no. You Should know, we pull that up? Should we listen a little bit? Of yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Sure. Please. Please. Yeah, okay, let's do it. So, so during these inter- instrumental sections, what, what's Randy doing? I think he's, you know, he's probably, you know, on Twitter. He's oh, probably yeah. he's probably checking his his Instagram feed, seeing why anybody, you know, why no one's following him. Hmm. You know, or he's, yeah. he maybe he's on like Amazon Prime. <laughs> he's he's deleting e- he's deleting emails from us. Exactly. He's just swiping yeah. through and you know <laughs> seeing what what kind of coupons he's got from TJ Maxx. Okay. No, I just think it's so cool, man, because when this information was presented to us via Nick, just from a random song that he encountered, like, it struck a chord with us yeah, because it, it sounded it. great. Like, the music sounded great. And it sounded different in a, in a, in a certain way that, the, you know, the way you're explaining it now, like, makes sense. Okay, there's a little, you guys put a little extra spice and magic into it, too. It sounded neat on its own without the AI voice. And the AI voice just kind of just added that extra layer of what the hell is going on here. But <laughs> yeah. if the music wasn't there behind it that that sounded good and unique and fresh, it, it wouldn't it wouldn't be int- we wouldn't be talking about it right now, right. in my opinion. 
Right on. Well, I appreciate you guys, you know, uh, taking an interest in it and and really listening to it so deeply because as with anything that's worth doing, you know, it's just fun to experiment. And it's rare that um, personally as as an instrumentalist and mainly as a sideman or or a behind-the-scenes person, um, it's rare that, you know, I get an opportunity to really step out and, and explore being in, being in the driver's seat, so to speak. And I got to give another shout out to Pete Min, uh, proprietor of Lucy's Meat Market, incredible studio in Eagle Rock, as well as um, the head of Colorfield Records, because he was the one who uh, reached out to me and was like, hey, man, like, have you ever thought about making your own, you know, record? And I was like, I have an idea. <laughs> I have an idea of something I'd like to do. And I think that... Hmm. Um, I think we could we could really do something cool. You know, he's uh, he's so talented, such a talented engineer. And uh, he, when I explained to him, oh, you know, I think it'd be really interesting to see how far we could, you know, make this uncanny valley. Really, like, how musical can we make? Can we make it? Yeah. And I was like, and this is my idea. What do you think? And he was like, oh yeah, you know, like we should use this. Uh, this this microphone I have here, and I was like, cool. And then I go home. I'm like, I gotta get me one of those. And I was like, mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> gotta <laughs> look at my couch cushions for an extra thirty thousand dollars because it's wow. a it's a it's yeah. a really uh, it's an incredible. I mean, the C12. You know, I really know so little about uh, really engineering, but the C12 is a, a very desirable microphone, a really legendary microphone that. I think many people would love to have. And the C24 being the stereo version of that, it has this really wide sound field. And it really it really allowed us to like move around the room and, and sort of create that breath. And then so when Randy kind of came in, and then also Topanga, you said his, his daughter guessed it mm-hmm. on the track as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were able to sort of massage and sort of suspend disbelief if that's the right way to put it yeah yeah absolutely. And, uh, yeah that's so cool so i mean we're all kind of nerds to a certain extent i mean i'm totally interested in what the the software is behind this and how much tweaking you had to do to like get it to an uncanny valley uh-huh, spot uh-huh. because we've all heard like ai voices before and it's just it's not there this was enough to fool me on a cursory first listen so so i would just say um just to keep a little bit of the mystery uh you know i would just say it's a very unintuitive piece of probably early 2000s mid 2000s japanese vocal generation software (laughs) there's nothing really uh there's really nothing too uh too advanced about it the real the real challenge was making it musical yeah because uh you know, I don't know. There's something. I'm, I'm not a. I'm not a scientist or really a specialist in anything. But I personally, when I look at, you know, for instance, the artwork for Randy Pizzerntes is also AI generated. Okay. So really? all the artwork, the I, single artwork, is yes, is hundred uh, percent, yeah, is is totally <laughs> half AI of generated. In the images, yeah, that's a, like yeah. Give away. yeah. And then and then the, mm-hmm. the album as well as whatever profile pictures that you know I submitted. <laughs> um, those are all AI generated, and then even the bio that was written is also AI generated. Okay, <laughs> and uh, perfect. And and I also enjoy uh, I enjoy <laughs> wordplay, so I can't remember offhand. I think 
I think Vincent Krang wrote the bio and uh, Hortensia Rang Williams, she took the mm-hmm. photos, the press <laughs> photos. <laughs> Right on. Yeah, you know, just <laughs> yeah, just enjoying myself. Yeah, yeah yep. just enjoying myself, just enjoying my mm. life experience over here. And uh, oh, wow, and yeah, so really, you know, the the creation of Randy's voice, the real issue was sort of the I don't know what we call it, post production, or really like the massaging of taking mm. the the raw data, the raw yeah. audio, and and trying to um, make it musical. Yeah. Right. You know, which is ultimately, I think, like what you were saying at the beginning about, you know, when we were talking about Sam, you know, you, we can get caught up in the minutia of like all, you know, whatever equipment he's using or how, but he's somehow like transmuting, like whatever is the quickest path to reaching the emotional component of, of the sound is mm-hmm. ultimately like kind of the best to me, like really the grist for the mill, you know, like really the... Thing to chew on. Yeah, it's super cool. The uh, the thing that actually got me and really made me question whether or not I had whether because that was that was the first was the, the first thought was that it sounded it sounded artificial, um, but I certainly didn't want to be wrong. But it was the guest appearance um, uh, <laughs> by the by lovely Miss Anara George. Mm-hmm. Um, how how did that happen? Like how did you so. I could just also, like Sam, I could just totally wax poetic about Anara George for the rest of our time. She's um, fine. She's she's incredible. She's an incredible uh, vocalist, an incredible artist, and a, a really incredible friend, and a and a really great person. And we've we've been um, collaborating together in some capacity, probably for the last five or six years here okay. in L.A. She's um, you know, an LA native and just, she's just so, she's just so dope. And as soon as, uh, Pete was like, oh yeah, okay. Okay. Randy preserved us. Okay. Like whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. Just, you know, come in. The first thing I thought was, you know, okay, I want to do an album of, of jazz standards mm-hmm. or just, or just standard material to sort of put myself in a little bit of a box creatively. Mm-hmm. And then, I was like, I, I would love to have uh, uh, some guest vocalist. And I was like, man, I got to ask Inara. Because there's something about the quality of her voice and her phrasing that's just, there's something just in her in her artistry that's unique to her. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was one take. Really? So she wow. came in, I think she like dropped off her kids at school or something and came over and sang that. She, you know, she learned the song, which is a song from Mame, which was a musical that's, I believe, quite old. I think it was a bit of a flop. I think Angela Lansbury might have been in the in the film hmm. ad- adaptation of it. Okay. Um, and it's a really interesting song because it changes keys three times in two minutes. Yeah, it does. <laughs> uh, it's pretty wild. And I just, I don't know, I I just, I love that song. And my mom used to sing me that song. And I was like, oh, that song is really, would be such a cool Again, like piece of music to transmute, and who better you know to ask than Anara? Because I knew that she'd be down for it because she's just so cool, and I knew that um, you know musically she would just she would just slay it. And her there's something about the quality of her voice and her pitch that I thought would be an incredible complementary 
flavor to Randy because you know mm-hmm. obviously Randy's Randy's pitch is pretty on too. He's he's got breathtaking technique. Yeah, he has. Yeah, it's almost yeah. like it's so breathtaking. It's like he has no breath. It's, it's weird. A, yeah, eternal well, the eternal it, breath. It, it, his breath has been taken. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we hear straight. a little bit of this? Yeah, yeah. yeah let's let's Stop talking let's listen to let's to listen to it. Yeah. Sweet. My best girl. So that I would say the the click click is very much um I mean I'm I'm always I've always been obsessed here's how's this for a ten cent word. I've always been obsessed with the historicity of things. Mm-hmm. Why things are the way they are, how something, you know, became. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and just like how, you know, nothing is truly like mutually exclusive of one another in, in art, in my opinion. You know, just like how I call like Sam Gandell's polyphony like Shrew Mellington, like there's something there's something very familiar about like when he when he utilizes that sort of polyphony. He uses it in such a musical way that it sounds like wow, it sounds kind of like Count Basie, or it reminds me of Duke Ellington, or you know. And uh, the even the clop 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 at the end is very much like a tip of the hat to say like a you know mm-hmm. a Henry Mancini right yeah. score yeah. very Theatrical. much. I mean, because I'm a big I'm a really big fan of Henry Mancini and or. Um, what else like was I I really love well there's actually a Jimmy Webb song on the record too The Moon's a Harsh Mistress is a is a Jimmy Webb song that I think was made famous initially by Glenn Campbell but I okay. love Jimmy Webb and I love especially like early Jimmy Webb productions and stuff like that like, Yeah it's really it is it's really cool to well you it's it's more interesting when you make those connections to the things that you can relate it to um even even as like hints of those as inspiration or homage, um, so for yeah, sure. It, I mean, I, I to, think to your point about has... to your point about Sam's yeah. horn. Oh, yeah, Sorry, Sam, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, please. 
No, I mean, just, just, just that, to your point about Sam's horn, like the like hearing elements of, of, of possibly what he brings into that that gives him his own sound, that's, that's where the fun is, like going and looking at, looking at the source material and you know, digging in further. And it's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, I think we're in this interesting time now where occasionally I'll like venture out of my cave and, you know, listen to some new music, especially like um, there's a couple, especially in like the uh, electronic realm. I've listened to some music where I'm like, man, I have no idea how those tones were generated. Like <laughs> what an incredible feast for the ears. Like I'm left being like, man, I have no idea like how that was created. Mm -hmm. And yet for me personally, just in my journey as a, as a musician myself, like I always end up coming back to the sort of the familiar, I always end up coming back to like the cup of hot cocoa, Yeah, you know, as much as like, wow, that was like, how did they make that foam? Like, what is that crazy smoke? Like, man, no wonder these guys have so many Michelin stars. Like, wow, I don't know how they mm. did that. I still find myself coming back to like the Swiss Miss. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, with you, and man. for me, it's like, Comfort the, food. Yeah. you know, some of my favorite tones, feelings are, are like, especially like, yeah, just like classic jazz recordings or... A lot of jazz, a lot of jazz that really shaped me, like a lot of ECM recordings that oh, I yeah. love to listen mm -hmm. to, just for their fidelity. And yeah, like when it come when it came to like uh, making this record, you know, again with Pete and Sam, especially like musically, I was like, man, you know, I want to do something that like I don't, I don't want to. I feel like the future of artificial music is like with the beats and the, and even, or even like, I love ambient music so much, but there's like, mm -hmm. and I really like the AI generated ambient music, I think is really cool and really, you know, very beautiful. But I still find like music for airports to be the most evocative mm -hmm. offering mm -hmm. of like, of that, you know, personally, or John Hassel, you know, mm -hmm. which I know like Sam, I feel like Sam kind of has a little bit of like a tip of the hat to that sort of, sort of aesthetic mm -hmm. that, um, I find myself always wanting to go back to like that historicity of like, okay, like who, what was the pioneering sound? Like what was the mm -hmm. first sound of X, Y, or Z? And so to take Randy and be like, you know what? Like, let's take the AI like back as far back as we mm -hmm. can go. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and we were joking around and then suddenly like, you know, oh yeah, like this could be like kind of a Henry Mancini, you know, thing. Or like, <laughs> oh, let's do the song from Mame, sort of like a failed musical, you know, like mm -hmm. let's, let's, <laughs> let's take Randy, like, let's just keep him like jazzy. Let's keep them square. You know, let's it. not like let's not like put a, you know, put a beat to it or or like do something modern per se because right. it'll get even, it'll go even farther if we the farther back we go the farther, the uncanny valley will widen in yeah. a way. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. like the farther back we rerun, the less like people are gonna know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, if, and it's also, I mean, if you were to take it back to something like disco, for instance, mm -hmm. but you already kind of have that with that like Daft Punk record where they were using the vocoders with Nile Rodgers, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it, but like this is obviously very different. But yes, it's like you're taking the digital voice and that concept even further in that way, and then you're also taking the style back to the '40s or whatever. Totally, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, you can good. again, like um, I find for me with like that again throwing around the the word of the day the historicity of things like i always enjoy like people's i've always liked listening to artists like outliers in terms of their <laughs> own catalog like yeah. the one thing that comes to the two records that come to mind one is um 
Neil Young's uh, was Trans- it Transformer Man? Is that is Transformer Man? Is that the name of the? I thought it was just. What's trans. the record with tra- Trans? Okay, yeah. so Trans is, um, you know, to my understanding, was Neil Young's album tribute to his autistic son, and it's Neil, you know, singing through a vocoder. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's, I mean, in my understanding, is like a total outlier in terms of his catalog. Oh yeah, it's like it's right. It's kind of like if Neil <laughs> Young collaborated with Kraftwerk or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. And then, I, and then another record that I always liked um, that I find myself going back to is also Frank Sinatra's Watertown. That another one I'm not like, with. it's another outlier of like sort of his almost venturing into some sort of Frankie Valley territory. And also the recording, I know process was different, and the songs are are you know it's just a wildly different record for him. And I find that I often gravitate towards you know, flavors like that or seeing, listening to artists that we've, you know, are accustomed, we're accustomed to hearing a certain thing from them, try something totally different. Yeah. Nice. Well, it's interesting that you bring up the, putting the AI voice in the jazz context. I was wondering if you had like any moments while you were recording where you put the voice in with, with the track, any moments that like surprised you, like how musical it was just out of the box. Or if everything was kind of a struggle getting it to sound musical. Well, I would say it was somewhere in between a struggle and uh, <laughs> an epiphany. You know, because just because the programming um, aspect can move sort of at a glacial pace. Yeah. So I found I found a little bit of a system that I felt like it gave, gave it a context, so to speak, which was okay. We pick a tune, mm-hmm. and then. I would take the tune, the original recording, and warp it using software, using Ableton, as I would like massage it as gently as possible <laughs> to get it on a grid. Mm-hmm. So as as you know, as as gently as possible, just getting it on a grid. And then I would sometimes use that software again to extract the vocal and do audio to MIDI in an attempt to like recreate the vocal phrasing. So say okay. like, um, do we do Moon's a Harsh Mistress? We did, I'm trying to think. So like put your head on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. The classic, uh, yeah. is that, um, I'm drawing a blank. Who's that? Put your head on my shoulder. Mm. Neil. I don't know who did the original. Oh yeah, I mean, it's one of, no, I don't uh, want to say Neil Sadaka. It's not Neil Sadaka. It's the Canadian. Paul Anka. Paul, Paul Anka. Paul Anka. Canadian, <laughs> legendary, a very interesting, interesting fellow too. Canadian, of maybe of Lebanese descent. It's an interesting oh, story. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. we could edit edit that in. <laughs> the incredible song no, by that's, Paul that's Anka. Next, that's exactly. next week's uh, exactly. topic. Is, is Paul the Anka? It's the history of Paul Anka, yeah. Uh, you're joking. It, but it, that's, it is now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, I mean it was, he was really pretty interesting cat. Um, anyway, so Put Your Head on My Shoulder, I think, was, I think that was Sam's idea. So what I did was I would take the original track and gently put it on the grid and then i think i tried at one point extracting the um the vocal from the track and then doing audio to midi conversion and then programming randy using that midi information mm, so we tried for data. we tried yeah. a number of, of techniques of like making a facsimile so to speak or some mm-hmm. sort of yeah. template using okay. the original and then and then playing to it you know and then like slowly like djing out other elements and then I would go back and sort of fine tune 
Randy's delivery, which is just is like a is a maddening process. I wouldn't wish he's hard to work with. Greatest enemy. Oh my god, Randy's such a diva. He pronounced yeah pronounces every letter of every syllable. Oh, one other one other thing I should say actually now that you know I've never really done an interview. You know, this is the first interview talking about Randy. Um, One Mm -hmm. of my if I if I'm really to like mine my memory database, Mm -hmm. the inspiration. One of the inspirations for Randy Pizerntes was Bob DeRoe. Do I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with Bob DeRoe. He's most well known for Schoolhouse Rock. Okay. okay. So I I believe you know I'm just a Bill sitting on Capitol Hill. Sure. Maybe mm-hmm. three is the magic number. Sure. But to those that are that go that go far enough down the jazz wormhole, there's some that will remember or associate Bob DeRoe with Miles Davis. Really? Because the last track, I believe, on maybe Speak No Evil or Feed a Kilimanjaro, one of Miles' seminal 60s recordings, just like the Johnny Hartman, uh, John Coltrane duo, where in the midst of this groundbreaking material, they're like going and like providing this incredible accompaniment. The last track on one of those records is called Nothing Like You Has Ever Been Seen Before. I see you guys are looking it up. What what record is that from? Yeah, sorry. It, um, it's on Sorcerer, I think. The Sorcerer. Sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, what an incredible record. Yes, it's, I just put that on the other day. It's the last a, track on... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And suddenly, okay. it's, suddenly it's, there's a vocal, you know, because the yeah, whole exactly. record is instrumental. And I was like, wait So The <laughs> Sorcerer, to my understanding, was released during, you know, the height of Miles' 60s quintet which was Wayne Shorter Herbie Hancock Ron Carter and uh, Tony Williams right I believe mm. and yeah, the sorcerer the I mean again my my background is primarily as a bass player is, is yeah. my is my bread and butter and it has some of the most insane walking bass from Ron Carter oh yeah mm-hmm. like yeah. of all time that yeah. the, that that time period is like yeah. absolutely insane no that band anyway, is ridiculous yeah. oh so good and so um, Bob DeRoe, he just kind of pops up at the end singing this um, mm-hmm. song, singing a song called Nothing Like You Has Ever Been Seen Before. Uh, it's pretty wild. And uh, it's totally an outlier on the record and totally an outlier in the whole canon, especially of like 60s miles. It's entirely instrumental. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, except this last track that I believe the record label mm. asked, you know, yeah. to, that. <laughs> There's a story there that, like, the record label asked if Miles would be okay with putting this, you know, backing up this this guy, you know, basically. And he sings, you know, in this kind of very plaintive, just a very unique delivery. And I would say that was... Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's throw it on. Why not? Before we play it, though. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. I was was just going to say that this... I, I I have this record, and I put it on the other day, and... It's just, you know, Miles, hard bop, 60s, late 60s quintet, like the second great quintet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Wayne Shorter, Tony Williams playing his ass off. You know, every everybody's going hard. And then this is how the record ends. This And this track is like under two minutes, right? Oh, yeah. 156. Yeah. 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 So anyway. It's a little Nothing like you has ever been seen before. Nothing like you existed in days of yours. Never were lips so kissable. Never were eyes so bright 
I can't believe it's possible that you bring me such delight. Nothing can match the rapture of your embrace. Nothing can catch the magic that's in your face. You're like a dream come true. Something completely new. Nothing like you. That is a bit of a wild card on 60s wow. You know what I mean? Or any yeah. wild wow. I mean, I, I was listening to it with Kaz, you know? And so, I think she, even she was like, what? Huh? What just happened? It's a, it's a total <laughs> it's outlier. Record. And I think yeah, that exactly. that is the musically, I've always enjoyed that in, in just across the board, like whatever, you know, records people did. I mean, an, another one, not to, again, bounce around too much, but like another one that I love is uh, Sea Stones, which was like a 60s, basically experimental classical record that the Grateful Dead played on. Okay. What? I think Never like uh, Phil Lesh, Phil Lesh and maybe Jerry, I think they both were guests on this like experimental classical recording. And I, I don't even, I can't remember the artist's name. I just know that like really deep, like uh, deadheads will be like, Sea Stones, <laughs> like we'll yell out like, mm, you know, whatever the right. most oblique <laughs> request is. Right, right. And, um, because, like, you know, Phil Lesh, another bass hero of mine, is, like, you know, totally into Bartok and, uh, you know, into all kinds of 20th century classical music and experimental classical music. And I've always just enjoyed, like, whatever, especially through the years, like, whatever people are part of or are fans of, I always glom onto that. And so I think one of Randy's earliest uh, inspirations was the Bob Duro. Sure. Man. Right. Once I started to experiment with sort of – Oh, okay, well, this like you know artificial voice sounds very, very, uh, you know, upfront, like very, uh -huh. very plaintive, mm -hmm. very just saying exactly what he exactly what he thinks. Mm -hmm. I was like, kind of reminds me of Bob DeRose, like closing out the Sorcerer. That's funny, yeah, man, that's wow. that sounds I, I, exactly I, I, like Randy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It does and, sound and, like Randy. It's amazing. Yeah, it, yeah and and here wow. and hearing that track a couple weeks ago or however long it was, then. Discovering Randy and now coming back, it makes it's. I feel like I've gone full circle. I, I really well, do. you know, thanks to y'all like asking me about it because I, I don't think I had really sort of put two and two together what really was the impetus for the catalyst for really doing Randy Pizzerntas, other than you know, my friend Pete being like, Hey, you should do something, mm -hmm. and oh, yeah. uh, you know, you guys should check out the other stuff on uh, that he's put out. I know that he put out, um, yeah, the Mark, Mark, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Music for Mark. doing, music for, isn't that on the Colorfield record? There's, um, the one, the first one that comes to mind is uh, a good friend, amazing drummer named Abe Rounds. Okay. Um, who, I think he's also part of the uh, the Notes with Attachments record too. He's a great drummer. He made a solo drum record, which yes. is really cool. Yeah, I've listened Which to is that. very, very cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just Pete is just like really giving, uh, you know, just giving um, time and energy to, you know, local local homies mm -hmm. to, to do yeah. something, do something uh, different. Nick, Nick yeah. did you mean Mark Giuliana? Yes. And, oh, and we've yeah, played, Mark we've played, Yeah, Mark Giuliana. And we've played, I, I think I've mm -hmm. brought, because the music for doing yeah. uh, album he put out a year or two ago was had all sorts of cool cool tracks. And then he yeah. did a, a whole album just lately, I think recently, it's Music for Listening, which was mm. one of the tracks off that album. Um so yeah, yeah, very cool. That's on Colorfield Records too. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Shout out to Colorfield Records. Yeah, there you go. yeah, they're doing a good job. Yeah, um, yeah they got some cool. Larry Golding's records as well. Oh, Scar dude, scary that, Goldings, we call them, right? So Larry, <laughs> Larry is also another very. Uh, I got also wax poetic 
you know, for the rest of our interview about Larry Golding. It's because I really, he's a very much a brother in arms. That's um, awesome. We've been friends. God, time flies. We've been friends for over 10 years too. And uh, the first, the fir- the very first person to to call and and you know have like a palm to forehead like moment and leave me a voicemail was Larry Goldings when he heard Randy Pizzertus. Really? Oh, really? Because so cool. immediately, immediately he Whoa. knew he knew what I was up to. Because uh, Larry, okay. Larry, um, and I both, I feel like our. Uh, he knew how uh, you dabbled. Yeah. What's that? He knew the kinds of things you would dabble with. Well, he's definitely yeah. uh, cut from the same cloth. Mm, um, mm-hmm. You know, definitely ready to like shoot the moon musically. And and then reel it in as as little as as possible. Yeah, mm. um, yeah Larry is such such an insane musician. I mean, just what an incredible uh, what an incredible keyboard player, mm-hmm. what an incredible artist. He's so he's so great, and he's such yeah. a goof. And um, yeah, there's something about similar to Sam and Anara. There's something about Larry, like when he sits down at the at the piano or the organ or really any yeah. keyboard when he sits down it almost sounds like like the music was happening before he ever started playing mm-hmm. and then wow. he sat down and, and just sort of sires it into existence mm. like he, his 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 musicality is so deep there's there's something again like just so like healing about his uh, musicianship Beautiful man. Yeah. So shout out to Larry. Anybody yeah, man. has a, has the opportunity to check him out online or, or see him play, perform live. He's um, he brings equal parts mastery and uh, like levity in his in his playing. It's incredible. So and so you got weirdo. an you, so you got an email from Larry and then you got an email from us. Well, I got, I got I had a voice. I think I had a voice memo from Larry who was just like, "Hey, Gabe, it's Larry. oh my god, what is this man? I knew you were gonna do some crazy shit. What is this? Oh my god, Randy Pizzerntes? Like, oh, you're crazy. Call me back. Call me back. Um, and and yeah, and for I mean, for years we've done. I mean, for over ten years we've done all kinds of funny, all kinds of funny experiments together. You know, interspersed with, you know, work that that was needed yeah he's mm-hmm. so cool he's so he's so he's so talented but yeah yeah you guys and, and randy you guys and, you guys <laughs> and larry rather yeah. we're in good we're in good company then That's oh great. yeah larry's you know he would be he would be uh a great person to interview oh that would he's be a, amazing he's, he's, a, he's a he's a trip we'd love you, to have him on the show man Put, yeah. put a word in for oh. us. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah, just we just all. we just like talking about this stuff. This is yeah, this is yeah. Well, he's he's um he's brilliant. He's brilliant, and he's so uh, he's a real well, he's a real repository of knowledge. And he's someone that I would say that like makes jazz really fun. Mm. You know, if you ever have an opportunity to again like check him out, certainly live or or his. I mean, just his work through the years, especially my one of my personal favorites is a trio beyond. Which was his early two thousand mid two thousands work with um, Jack DeJanet and John Schofield, oh, wow. Ooh, which wow. are two yeah. you know ever heard of yeah. them? Hero, yeah. heroes of mine. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. Wow. I loved. Cool. I love um, DeJanet. Yeah. Oh, I love Jack DeJanet's playing, yeah. especially um, like again like seven, some of the seventies Miles recordings, like live at the cellar door, mm-hmm. the l- pair of live uh, recordings at, in uh, DC. Yep. Yeah. Are just some of like I think the greatest 
bass and drums of all time. Shout out to Michael Henderson, RIP. I think he just passed away. Yeah, he's on a, 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 so many great uh, ECM records. You mentioned ECM oh, a little dude, while. Yeah, and oh God, right? uh, it's it's funny because um, see, we've been kind of getting out of our shell a little bit here. At you should check it out. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, I checked out the new Keith Jarrett album live. Oh. In, uh, it's called the Bordeaux album, I think. Okay, and um, it's actually oh, my hometown, yeah. Bordeaux, France. And so I was a stoked. Keith Jarrett has a new record, even though it was recorded several years ago. He hasn't been playing for a while, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, new Keith Jarrett recording. Recorded in Bordeaux, amazing. And then I, I start reading the reviews, and they're like, uh, Keith actually, you know, rare, he never does this, but he acknowledged the audience, which was so supportive and was completely in sync Overwhelmingly with supportive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could hear it in their thunderous applause after whatever this. So I'm listening to the record on a streaming service, and I cannot find this applause and i'm really looking for it because i want to hear my hometown going berserk for keith jarrett going going berserk for for yeah exactly (laughs) so long story short i'm 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 going you know track by track i think i listened Mm -hmm. to it completely twice i'm like what did i fall asleep at some point how how did i miss the the thunderous applause that they're talking about in the reviews so i finally decided to get to the bottom of it and i emailed ecm and I'm like, where's the where's the applause? And they wrote back almost right away saying, well, you know, uh, in order to get on playlists, we actually do not keep any of the applause when we upload the music to the th- streaming services. All of the people who reviewed it got an actual CD or vinyl copy, which has oh. which has the applause. And I which was you just, subsequently ordered, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it, it's it's on my Christmas list, but um, in any case, so I still haven't heard it, but. I thought that was interesting because here we are, like, this is actually affecting, unbeknownst to us, stuff is getting censored from the recordings that we're hearing on streaming services, Hmm. you know? So, you know, what's really interesting is, uh, like I said, I'm a big ECM fan, and ECM, to my understanding, was like the lone Spotify holdout. Mm. For the longest time for right. years. And then suddenly um, it all came up. Yeah. Yeah. Just like how I never really like rocked a social media. I also was like never really a stream man. I've yeah. always been like a CD man or a, or, a, you know, big on a YouTube. <laughs> I've been a, quite the YouTube man. And, uh, but when I would, you know, pull up Spotify, you know, the first things I would always look for would be, you know, some of my old standbys, which are like some ECM records specifically. Like there's an incredible, I think it's the the debut recording from Anuar Brahim, who's mm-hmm. uh, an oud master. Probably, I think it's from like mid '80s, maybe even early '90s. That's um, it's a trio record with Dave Holland, bass hero oh, yeah. of mine, oh, yeah. and uh, John Sermon, uh, an incredible English saxophonist. And the album is called um, Timar, T H I M A R. Just like and just an unbelievable record, like one of my favorite, really one of my favorite things to listen to. And I uh, went to look on Spotify, and it wasn't there. Right. And for the longest time, it was years that they just yeah. everything else was on there, you know. And I would find myself being like, "Oh man, like I want to just check out a little Polly Danielson or R.V. Heinrichson or Jan mm-hmm. Christensen or yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, Terje Ripdahl. Yeah, Terje Ripdahl. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm trying to get my Terje on right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it'd be hard to get your Terje on like before they. Uh, before they uploaded it. Yeah, But then yeah. eventually it looked like they just, you know, all roads just lead, you know, to the top of the mountain, to the top of Boo Boo Mountain, and they 
they put the entire ECM discography on there. So interesting yeah. that they're now editing out their uh, applause because for those that, you know, rock a CD or rock a vinyl, you know, you know that one of ECM's trademarks, in my opinion, is that they don't, the music doesn't start for like 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't start, the music on ECM records don't start for the first like 10 to 12 seconds. Got to build up. I don't know suspense, why that is. Just, just something at the facility. It's just just some funky, some funky German stylings. Manfred yeah. Eicher, yeah, man, yeah, exactly. It was actually Manfred who emailed me back. I'm kidding. That's, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't him. Because I was like, that's <laughs> so sick. I actually have. So one of my one other thing I like to do. Uh, God, I know I have it somewhere. Um, is to buy funny stuff on eBay. Mm-hmm. And I actually own, I purchased like a number of ECM one sheet, like press releases. Oh, nice. <laughs> I was going to try to do something funny with them, like, you know, give one to Sam Gendel for his birthday or, you know, something. But they're like, you know, Egberto Gismonti. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, happy birthday, said, Sam. Happy Here, birthday, Sam. Yeah, we'll here, just yeah, exactly. edit happy this for birthday. you later. Right? Here's like this Charlie Hayden, Egberto Gismonti, like press release. Nice. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. strange, like, you know, type typewriter, typewriter mm-hmm. ink. Yeah. Yeah, that's that. Those are definitely um, amazing records. I mean, that that, that label so is like an outlier almost in the world of labels, wouldn't you say? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I yeah. So, so the fidelity. If you're looking for, they definitely, I think, are the most exquisite, like exquisitely recorded um, modern records, even going mm-hmm. back to the eighties. Yeah. In 90s, a lot of the recordings, to my understanding, were, were done at a studio that now is rebranded or doesn't exist anymore called Rainbow Studios, which was in Oslo, Norway. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's, I think, a lot of the recording also took place in Stuttgart, Germany, um, where I have emailed one time with their engineer there. I sent him some material. I was curious what his thoughts were, and he, he wrote back saying that he thought everything sounded a bit compressed. Mm. Which I thought was interesting. Mm. <laughs> um, but there's something about the fidelity of those recordings that are just, to me, are just like un, unmatched. Yeah. Right. And and wasn't one of the uh, prerequisites that you could, you had to be able to record it in like two days? Mm. I think. I think that that was one of the things. It was like, you know, we're signing you to this deal for this many records. Mm-hmm. But one of the one of the things is that you have to, you know, you have to be that prepared. You you can't go in there and, you know, cuz I guess they have they had two rooms. Mm-hmm. They had to keep they had to keep them available, you know. And and also c- capture the spontaneity um and not get too well, I think you know. that that's definitely an element of of those recordings that you know, just to me are, are some of the uh golden standard you know, uh, just in, again, like as a bass player, like listening to Charlie Hayden, you know, I'm a, I love, you know, Charlie Hayden and uh, just those recordings in particular, like the way anything that has him on it, anything with um, Egberto Gismonti is incredible. Oh, yeah. I love him. Anything with Jan Garbarek is always mm-hmm. like amazing. As you said, Jack DeJeanette, also like so transcendent. Like there's something about the mm-hmm. fidelity of those recordings that are just, and the, just the, the, emotion behind the the fidelity is just like it i don't know it just comes through yeah so, I, so it, 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 it's coming back to me because i guess i saw an interview with pat Matheny. uh mm-hmm. rick beato in, interviewed him and Matheny said yes yeah, two days to record one day to mix that was the so good yeah so wow. cool 
And you know, yeah, I mean, it keeps, it's like a factory. That, it's like a j- modern jazz factory. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's that's. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, yeah, I mean, I love. I'm also a big Pat Metheny fan. I love Pat Metheny. Oh yeah, yeah, it's amazing. He's great. He's still out there. for a while. Yeah, <laughs> are you, are you, yeah, yeah, you're a big Pat Metheny fan. I am. I am. Yeah, I actually um, was lucky enough. I was doing some touring last year. I had a mm-hmm. day off in Detroit. I never get days off, you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean? And and I was like, well, I and I've never been to Detroit in my life. Like I gotta go find something cool to do in Detroit, and it turns out Pat Metheny is playing at like the Opera House that night. Oh, did you go? I totally went, and uh, not only that, but I looked up the tickets, and it was like you know twenty dollar tickets to be in the back, or sixty dollars to be up front. I'm like sixty bucks is a steal to be like front row <laughs> yeah. for Pat uh-huh. Metheny. Are you kidding me? You know, so I, so I just took it and uh, had had a blast. Oh, that's so uh, cool. Yeah. What kind of uh, ensemble was he? Was he, he had he with? had a trio? Okay, um, and it it was called Side. View or something like that. That was like the name okay. of the tour in the band. Okay, side eye maybe. Um, side yeah, eye. yeah, okay. yeah. You know, and with uh, the really so young he, uh, keyboard player and the really yeah, young really young keyboard mm-hmm. player, really young drummer. Oh, um, I wonder who who. Do you remember their names? I could pull it up real fast because they did. They, um, they did talk, I'll pull it up. Yeah, okay. I'm curious just because there is still, um, despite my PTJD, there's still <laughs> one slice of my musical life that in which I end up. Uh, crossing paths with a lot of uh incredible jazz shredders young shredders yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, you know still like the somehow become the you know the uh the weirdo in the in the back mm-hmm. you know i'm curious i'm curious who is uh who uh, is touring who is so marcus gilmore replaced oh, yeah. nate smith okay uh, marcus love, yeah love i know nate marcus smith. yeah um, and then let me see here uh james francis Oh, okay. Yeah, that's really yeah. funny. I, I played I played Lincoln Center with both of them. There you go. <laughs> well, why don't we why don't we talk we would I yeah I, we, we haven't talk. talked a moment about you, you the artist. Oh, okay, Gabe. yeah. Could we, we could talk get, about maybe just a smidge. Do yeah, quite modest, but well, we got we, we got to get it in good, there. That's a good point. We could we could start talking about them. I mean, mm-hmm. I did a show. So <laughs> one slice of one slice of my uh, still you know to this day and certainly before COVID, you know, session work is still you know, my main gig and as well as Mm -hmm. I could doing a lot of film and television, a lot of collaborative work with composers. And yet, um, I still will play live and do some touring and some, you know, uh, sort of musical wandering. And I've done a few records. I mean, Marcus Gilmore is without a doubt, uh, one of the most incredible drummers, uh, in the world. He is Roy Haynes's grandson. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember that grandson name, yeah. of legendary um, yeah. jazz drummer. However, Marcus is without a doubt a legend in his own right, and um, tangentially the greatest skill with the most humility. Wow. Tend those tend to be um, they tend to go hand in hand, but for Marcus, the level with which he plays is pretty much unmatched uh, in terms of his ability, and he's just such a such a good hang. We've done a few, we've done a few records together, and done a few. Well, maybe just this one show. We played at Lincoln Center for a Jay Dilla tribute. Oh, so um, cool. oh wow! Good friend, my good friend Miguel Atwood Ferguson. Shout out to Miguel, um, great uh, violist and arranger and band leader. He had been doing um, for a number of years like an orchestral tribute to Jay Dilla. Amazing. Oh, wow. That involved like. Uh, a string section, 
and and I think also a woodwind section and then a rhythm wow. section. Jeez. And in the maybe summer of 2017, Lincoln Center asked him to come. And so I went to New York with him and it was me and Marcus and James Francis were the rhythm section. <laughs> and they're well, both like insane, insane technicians, Incre- yeah. incredible players. Well, and that I was, mean, James, James yeah. Francis was taking, they were playing some like that old Bright Size Life stuff. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's playing the bass parts. And he has a patch that sounds exactly like Jocko. Okay, cool. <laughs> and he's sounding it's kind of like a Pizzerntes. Like That's Jocko. a little tip of the hat to a Pizzerntes moment right there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And just playing Took a bass solo. It sound it, well. It, no, because simultaneously he's sounding uh-huh. like Lyle Mays with oh, his right nice, hand. Dude. And I was like, dude, how can you conjure up like two? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, like nice legends one. on different I instruments. Li- I one. love Lyle, crazy. Lyle Mays. Yeah, I mean, but it, that's dude, what it sounded R.I.P. like. R.I.P. Dude, R.I.P. Yeah, I love Wild Maze. Um, yeah, yeah dude, they're so talented. So that's really cool that you saw them together. Yeah, well, yeah. shout out to Marcus and, and to James. And Marcus and, is so, yeah, he's so great. Yeah, so that, well, that was the one time I think I played with James. But uh, there's still a part of my, there's still a part of my life where, you know, mainly just as a bass player, I find myself sort of slinking around as like the random ass white dude be everywhere kind of, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of vibe. And yeah, that's funny that they were that they were backing up Pat. Man, that must have been a great show. Yeah, and and he, you know, Pat, it was very uh, structured as a show. It was theatrical, you know, mm-hmm. where he, he came out and started by himself, and then he mm-hmm. added just James, and they did a duo, and then James left, and he brought on, but um, Marcus, is that mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then and then they did a duo mm. song, and then the trio came together and they did like four or five songs. And then the other guys left, and then he pulled out like the forty-two string Picasso guitar and did a number, mm-hmm. and did a number on like a baritone acoustic. Mm. And then the band came back, and then they left again, and he did the orchestral, you know, where he controls everything with MIDI. Right? Oh yeah, and that's also kind of got a little bit of a Pizzerntes vibe, which I'm right. not mad mm-hmm. at. No, and mm-hmm. actually, if I may, just uh, tell yeah. a quick story about something that uh, that also has a Pizzerntes vibe. Oh yeah. This is like back in back in like 2005. I was on tour with a rock band, and we pulled up to the show. And this guy was (laughs) he had pulled up, and he was the headlining act. And we thought it was a band, and the name was called. They were called Captured by Robots. Okay. And it was just this one guy and and a van, and he looked pretty stressed out. And (laughs) come to find out that this guy had like uh, built these robots that he would played actual instruments so and he would control it. all of them through like a midi guitar <laughs> so sick and but not only that like the concept was that these like machines were robots that had captured and enslaved him and are now like forcing him to play this <laughs> rock so, music i'm so into that it was i mean you can look they're, they're captured by robots i think he still might be out there I'm definitely um, going to email that guy. Yeah, it was. Um, it, there you go. On, on yeah. every level, it was incredible. And the reason he was stressed out is because his light guy had quit that day. Oh no! And so, oh, this, no. And so this the singer from our band so volunteered to, to help him and just kind of winged it <laughs> right. and helped them out. And it was a great night. But captured by robots. Shout out to captured by robots. Dang, that's, that's really cool. Well, I mean, maniac. I've seen there's there's a fella. I think he's you know it has to be in Florida. Who yeah, right. um, Florida man. was doing? He was a he's a Florida man, doing uh, <laughs> doing uh, music videos with Chuck E. Cheese robots, 
Oof. And you could like <laughs> you could send him like a song, and he would like make like a full on music video using the pepperoni players. I swear uh, I've seen like one. a liquidation sale. Which got it. you know That's just great. yeah, I don't know where he got it, but quick <laughs> shout out to you know uh, another another longtime collaborator of mine, Father John Misty. He oh, yeah. uh, he's uh, he was all about the pepperoni players. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> he was all about Brilliant. the Chuck E. Cheese. He was all about the Chuck E. Cheese band. He was like, man, they were a really early influence on me with the Chuck E. Right. Cheese band, <laughs> obviously. Um, yeah, the Captured by Robots sounds sick. Uh, <laughs> the Orchestrion, Papathenes yes. Orchestrion, definitely got a little tip of the hat to a Pizzerntes kind of vibe. Yes. Um, that Captured by Robots sounds really sick. Um, yeah. That's definitely a dream of mine. Um, I actually have here in my possession uh, two solenoids, which are these uh, MIDI-controlled... Um, velocity sensitive triggers that you can put on any instrument sure. but mm-hmm. they'll play like a superhuman drum beat you can put them on uh on any instrument and they'll play like some sort oh, of it's impossible just like a little, like, yeah they're like they're these uh they're um these rubber balls that have like a piston inside of them okay yeah. so i've i've always wow. wanted to do i've always wanted to do something orchestrion adjacent mm-hmm. um, but you know i think i mean just to double back right quick i mean i've always loved Pat Metheny and I just I'll st- I'll stand on the on the coffee table in my cowboy boots and say that I'm mm-hmm. I'm down with Pat. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's the Your man. favorite Pat Metheny. Quick quick shout out. My favorite Pat Metheny record performance actually is Kenny Garrett late '90s John Coltrane tribute. Mm. Very spicy uh, Pat Metheny sideman yes. performance. Yep. Wow. I, I I know that record. I uh, I remember. Uh, swiping it at the library and burning. There you go. It. When exactly. iTunes, had, when iTunes had just come it, out, yeah. I was, yeah, just like, whoop. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you got it, you on got it. it. I'm gonna get it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Your your PTJD is not complete unless you got some Kenny Garrett in the house. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's heavy. Yeah. Very cool. Right so, on. So what it with the amount of effort and artistry you've put into this project mm-hmm. is this um is this the last that we're gonna see of, of Randy? Of Mr. Yeah, Randy. What's what's so. Is he going so, on a worldwide tour? Randy, well, Randy's <laughs> Randy's ready for any sort of collaboration. Mm-hmm. Um, we are proud to announce that Randy's now also writing lyrics. Ooh. So, so we're yeah. we're, 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 we're gearing job, up Randy. for some uh, original Randy material. Oh um, yes, I don't yes. want to jinx it. I don't want to jinx it, but we've had we've had <laughs> some some friends great. some friends in the greater community here who are interested in collaborating with Randy on some, maybe a co-write. Wow. Which I think wow. is is um, is rad. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. I think that like, you know, you guys, um, you know, taking an interest in the record and and wanting so much, wanting to do an interview um, with me, which is such a rarity, is an inspiration to want to uh, you know to do another another Randy record. Um, oh, I know that Pete. Yeah. I mean, I thanks. I mean, I know that Pete is down, um, and I think oh, Pete's that, always in. I mean, Pete, he don't go anywhere, man. Pete no. is just you. Just <laughs> you. Just you know, let him know. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's he's. Also, you, you can't. Yeah, I gotta give another shout out to Pete, man. He's such a he's such a great guy and so um, so talented. Because yeah. I think the essence of Randy really was was a little bit of a process. We definitely had to like kind of hunt down the. Uh, we definitely had to hunt it down. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't something that just like came out the box. Sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I think maybe the next next uh, iteration is a is a Randy original. So I love is it. um is, is Randy? I mean, is he? You know, it's kind of 
it's hard out, out here in these streets. I mean, is he taking care of himself? I mean, would you say he's well? Active? I mean, he was I mainly mean, he was living in you know he's he was mainly living in the New Bedford area, Massachusetts. Okay. You know, yeah. after mm-hmm. you know a lot of uh, a lot of jazz casuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had you know he had his weekly gig at Buco de Beppo, and then after that he just you know he was Beppo. just he's he's just yeah he's hanging tough you know he's he's he's, he's seen a he's lot ava- he's, he's been he's available okay. okay great yeah, yeah he's re- he's ready okay <laughs> he's ready for new you know branding opportunities new partnerships he's he's ready for anything <laughs> I excellent love I love it is that is that awesome. mug uh, I have to ask it before we go that is that one of the crazy things you bought on eBay. It's a Mac two. This, mug? this this is this uh, <laughs> computer mug, um, computer mug. Got at a, I think we got it at a thrift store. It's cool. Love this it. is the most yeah. recent. This is the most recent uh, eBay purchase. What you got there? <sighs> Looks like a black box. Oh, it's a cool pickup. Oh, it's an Olympic oh, pickup. Yeah. Oh y'all get to, wow. Y'all, yeah. Sh- I gotta figure mm-hmm. out what I'm gonna do with that. Is that straight out of one of Jerry's guitars? Do you guys ever talk about? Yeah, I want to put it in a. That that also was another um, element of the uh, of the Randy experiences, especially during the pandemic. I took it upon myself to sort of teach myself something new, and uh, I called the cello guitar, or you mm, know, we, you know we've been calling it the cellar, but it's basically <laughs> four strings tuned like a cello. Cool. And so a lot of a lot of the accompaniment you're hearing on the Randy Pizzerntos record is some somewhere in there will be an instrument tuned in fifths. Cool, like a mando. Yeah, good. so like a four-string acoustic electric mando cello. Nice. So I've just sort right of been on. amassing various pickups with the you know intention of maybe doing something. Love it. Something new. You are a Renaissance man, a man after all of our hearts, man. That's yeah. it. Just chasing. You just you know we're just chasing it down. We're just trying to. What do they say? Okay. Trying to get into heaven before they close the door. That's right. <laughs> what is that? Is that Bob Dylan? Is that Dylan? It is. That is. That is. <laughs> If it's not Dylan, it should be. Right. I think it is. Right? That's got to be. It's got to close the door. Yeah, it's definitely Dylan. It's a sick. uh, That's off of uh, Time Out of Mind. Okay, there you go. That's one. There's like there's some zones that just I'm not like super familiar with. And uh, Dylan is one of them. That's like my, I would say I probably know, I I would know, I know Miles' discography a lot closer than. uh, Hey, man, there's there's another lifetime for you. You know, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's a lot. It'll but, always uh, be there. Yeah, exactly. It'll always be yeah. there. It's waiting for you. Well, Gabe, man, this has been an absolute blast. I oh think man, we could thank talk you for guys. three hours, but yeah, uh, you know, maybe we maybe uh, another interview someday. Yeah. Oh, it'd be my honor. Are you kidding me? I've yeah. never. You guys, this is this is truly um, the first solo interview I've ever done. Really. Wow. Yeah, just, I've just forever, you know, forever a bridesmaid, you know, which has been, <laughs> which has been cool, you know. I mean, right. again, like it's, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's definitely new for me, you know, talking about yeah. the process or you know, anybody asking questions about it is, is a, it's a trip. Well, well you've been just... involved in a lot of amazing mm-hmm. records, you know, and uh, we, I, I think for us, we could say we're just scratching the surface because there's a lot of questions we have and i got about 18 uh, other questions here that we didn't even get to so yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. next time we'll have to do it again okay right on well you know we could what we can do is we can just edit out the whole part about pat Matheny and then, <laughs> and then come back we could just insert you know whatever <laughs> but um yeah. thank you guys so much for for hitting me up it's been, it's been 
it's been rad. Yeah, dude, it was it was an honor having you on, and 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 honestly, you uh, you are quite talented in your own right. Um, just looking at yeah, and listening to all of I've I've actually really enjoyed. I think I mentioned that in the email that I sent that out. I I really enjoy going through your catalog and all the different projects that you've been involved in. So really great to talk to you, man. And this is if you do do another project, we'd love to love to hear how that one went. Oh, okay. Well, I appreciate y'all, you know, listening and, uh, you know, the famous words of one of my heroes, Milt Hinton, you know, he said, you know, when you hear the bass solo, that's how you know you've been playing the song too long. <laughs> so, yeah, you know what? You case. get one of these. Hey. There you go. Uh, yeah. Oh, I got a, <laughs> you get a sound like a blue light special. <laughs> it took me an hour and a half to get there. But He's a we, guitarist. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right, right boys. On. Well, um, yeah, thank you again, Gabe. We really appreciate it. Without any further ado, that's it, guys. We'll see you back here All next right. week. How see about you next it? week. See Later. you next week. Yeah. <laughs>